What up, everybody? Paflin here. Welcome to episode 1012 of Ask Pat 2.0, where I coach somebody who needs some help with their online business. And actually, I'd love to help you too. If you apply at askpat.com, you know, I read those applications and I select a new person every single week to coach. And we coach, I record it, you listen in. And today we're listening in to Alexi Heft, who is a calculus uh, teacher and tutor who uses the internet to tutor people. And she has a website, I need to pass calculus.com. And she's doing a lot. She's juggling a lot of things. Uh, and you'll quickly hear about that once we get started from content creation, podcasting, YouTube, and an online course, and you know blogs, and all this stuff. How do we balance this? How do we, how do we juggle all these things? Should we juggle all these things? So this is kind of the thing we're gonna talk about today. The goal is, by the end of this call, Alexi, have a pl- Alexi to have a plan moving forward. So listen in carefully, because there's a lot of good stuff here. I know a lot of us are in this camp of trying to juggle a lot of things and just do, you know, we see somebody say, this is awesome, do this, and we do that. And then another person says, this thing's awesome, do that. And we we eventually end up with this just like Frankenstein business with a bunch of pieces put together. How do we manage all that? How do we plan it? What's best? Well, listen in, because that's what we're talking about today. Awesome. Now, here's the coaching call today with Alexi Heft, who's gonna teach us more than calculus today, but hopefully through her example and what she learns, how to juggle all the stuff that we're doing. So here we go. Alexi, thank you so much for uh, coming on the Ask Pat podcast. Thanks for being here. Pat, I am so pumped to be here today. Thank you so much for having me. For sure. This is gonna be a lot of fun. So why don't we just take a quick moment to uh, just have you introduce to myself and everybody uh, what it is that, that you do. Well, I'm a math tutor, so I finished math grad school in late 2016. I moved down to D.C. and just started tutoring on my own through a freelance tutoring site. And in the beginning, I was doing all kinds of math topics. I was doing low price ranges, so sort of the not ideal business situation being broad and low price. Mm -hmm. And gradually, I've been able to really niche down. It's one of the best things that's happened to me over the last year. And now I really specialize in Calculus 1 for college students and AP Calculus AB for high school students. And I was able to get much better at my craft over the last year. And I've been getting really comfortable. I really like where my business is right now. The only downside is none of it is passive. It's a lot of work. It's all one-on-one. Some of it is driving to students, although these days it's mostly online tutoring, so that's not too bad. Mm -hmm. But I am super pumped to make the transition to passive income, and right now is when I'm ready to do it. Awesome. If I could ask you really quick, because I think it's really interesting, uh, related to your comments about niching down. Um, in, in your eyes, why do you feel that that's, that's just the best thing to do? Well, I was able to get so much better at what I do because math is big. <laughs> There's right. a lot of math topics. And to be really good at teaching something, not only do you have to be able to ace a quote-unquote final exam in that topic – But you also have to know all of the nuances. You know, where do the clients always get hung up? What are the common sticking points? What are the pain points? What do they tend not to understand when they try to memorize a formula? And so it's this whole extra layer of information you need to know about a topic. So you can get so much deeper and so much better at teaching the subtleties in a topic 
if you're able to niche down and just really get good at that one subject. Nice. Now, you talked a little bit about wanting to go a little bit more passive uh, because obviously doing tutoring is one-to-one and it's real time and it's your time. Um, what What's kind of the real challenge here for you? What's the biggest um, kind of hurdle for you to get from where you're at now to where you want to go? Well, I have some general weaknesses like perfectionism and letting technical difficulties get in my way. Sure. But I would say um, at this point, I've done my LLC. I've created a landing page. I have the infrastructure for my email list ready. I, at this point, just need to start building content. So the YouTube free library of content and then podcasting, which we'll get to later. That's more my specific question. And then also building this semester, my online course content, I'm starting with one product. It's an emergency calculus cramming, um, sort of online course for people to consume in about one day before an exam when they have no other options and they're like, oh, no, I'm about to fail. And so that's my site. I need to pass calculus.com. So there's a lot here that I'm hearing. There's there's building content in the free library on YouTube. There's podcasting. There's an online course. Um, It's a lot. And I think what we should uh, aim for is kind of creating a plan for you that you can take with you after this call so that you can kind of knock these down one by one and, and kind of hit the, the lowest hanging fruit first. How does that sound? Sounds amazing. I'm so ready. Now, where do you want to start? Well, I, I want to start with my free library of content because okay. right now in the spring semester, there's students going through calculus right now that need my help and I can start attracting people with the help I can provide. Mm-hmm. And so let's talk a little bit more about this free library. Like how, uh, what is this going to look like after it's all finished? So for YouTube, I think that platform is really nice for just accumulating a massive library. You can organize in playlists. So I just want to do more the merrier, just, you know, specific videos on specific topics, really all those pain points for students and keep churning it out and never finish with that. For the podcast, I was a little more stuck because, you know, it's great for Ask Pat to have a thousand episodes, but I'm a little worried about my podcast. If someone's coming in two days before an exam, they're going to binge my content because unfortunately, I think most of my listeners are going to be more binge listeners because they procrastinate. Mm-hmm. And um, if there's a thousand episodes, they'll get a little bit overwhelmed, a little distracted. They might switch over to another way to study. And really, my goal is to try to make it as not overwhelming as possible because that's really the pain point I'm trying to help right now. Right. Well, with the podcast, what's interesting, you know, I have a buddy, his name is Todd, and he has a podcast helping people with financials and things like that. And, you know, there's only a finite amount of information that he could share. So he he decided to record like 40 episodes and then just be done with it because any more would be, like you said, overwhelming. And I can definitely see you doing a disservice to people if you had a thousand episodes and, and they really just needed, you know, all the good stuff uh, right then and there. Right. So what's really interesting is he recorded 40 episodes. This was like three years ago. And that's it. Yet those episodes still continue to get downloads. And every once in a while, he'll see just these amazing spikes that come from likely a result of people sharing it or bumps in the search engine in iTunes or just people finding it in seasons kind of thing. And so what's really interesting, and this is why I want to share with you, and this might be a sigh of relief, is that you can have a podcast that's specifically built to include a finite amount of information. 
And, and uh, you know, a good friend of mine, Chris Ducker, he did the same thing for the launch of his book. So he created a 10-episode podcast that was specifically meant to help people with uh, their virtual assistants. And, and, and there's only enough information you need to know about that before it just will get super overwhelming. So um, there's the possibility of creating a podcast that's, that's you know, literally just there specifically to perhaps support the, the sort of cramming nature and, and only be a limited number of episodes. And, um, and that's it. And, you know, I, I know that that goes against what most people think a podcast is, which is like regularly subscribing and listening and building a habit of doing that. But you know your audience and you know what they need. What would a podcast look like for them that would just be the, the, the best value to them? How would that be structured, do you think? Okay, this is amazing news for me. Like, I am so excited to hear that because that's the opposite of YouTube. So I, I thought podcasting right. was similar to YouTube. You have to keep it up or you fall off the pages. But um, let's see, I would do something like your friend did. I would have a couple dozen episodes that are all of the core content that you can listen to in a 24-hour span. And you can especially download the ones where the titles make the most sense to you and what you want to focus on. And yeah, I think that would be the right number of episodes have really high quality content and then just stop producing. It can still be a lead generator for me. And then I can keep in mind in the future, I can still share those episodes and just keep bringing up that material. Yep. yep. I love it. You said it. You said it perfectly. What's exciting about that, too, is you know, it, it's for a student, it's not going to be overwhelming. And if you position it as in the first episode, hey, guys, there's there's this many episodes, it's going to take you this long, you know, train them to listen while they're at the gym or on a walk. And that's where most people are listening to podcasts anyway. Um, but it allows you to definitely uh, offer something different than what most people likely in your space are going to be able to do. And it allows you to just get in front of people in places where normally they are unable to consume content. And so I, I love that solution. Um, Alexi, uh, does that sound good? I am so excited. It's a very empty space. I'm very lucky in the calculus emergency tutoring space. I have only found about two comparable people and no podcast. So I'm very excited. Yeah, the cool thing about that too, is it, it, for you as the person producing this, you know, that there's like an end right to, to, to it yeah. so that you can focus on other things. And, you know, from what I've heard in, People who have podcasts who have uh, who have them in across all industries, uh, it, it becomes this really amazing you know generator of leads for for yourself. So it'd be a great way to not just serve the uh, people you find who might find you elsewhere and and give them this other platform to listen to to consume your content and, and learn, but it's also a great way to get just more people to find you anyway, uh, even if you haven't recorded an episode in a long time. Now I will say that if you do have subscribers. It's just obvious that the more episodes you come out with, the more downloads you're going to get. But again, I think you have this really interesting, unique situation where you know that your target audience needs just a certain amount of information. And so I would definitely go with that. And that that could perhaps be, um, you know, in, in your eyes, like my worry is we're talking about building a YouTube uh, following and a podcast one at the same time. But um, if you were to choose one, because that's what I always recommend, you know, start with one and then then move on to the next. Uh, which one would it be, do you think? 
Wow. It's really hard to compare because YouTube is a much more crowded space, but there are way more people trying to get math help on YouTube because it's a visual thing. And then the podcasting space, I would be literally all alone and the only solution, but there's also way fewer people looking for that help there. How long Um, might it take you to to produce those episodes? Like just recording wise. episodes? Yeah. Um, I would probably keep them pretty short, bite size, maybe 10 minutes long each. So I I could probably do, you know, five a day and just focus on it for 10 days or so. Then that would be done. Yeah, then that would be done. And I'd have this library just sitting there forever. That would be amazing. I think that would be that would be really cool. So I, I, I would recommend taking that approach with the podcast. When it comes to YouTube, you know, I think that's, I, I like you said, especially because it's, it's very visual uh, with what you teach. I don't know if you're going to um, have any sort of interesting uh, methods by which you would show equations and show how you, how you work through things. But, um, you know, the visualizations are really important. I think, like you said, there's a lot more people there on YouTube. And that would become essentially what, the, what you probably thought the podcast was going to be, which was this regular updated um, you know, content and on YouTube, obviously the more content you create, the more opportunities that there are to find you. So I, I like your content plan here to get exposure, to serve this audience. Um, but let's talk about business model really quick. I find you on YouTube or perhaps I find you on the podcast. Where do you take me from there? From there in the YouTube video descriptions and in the podcast descriptions and in the podcast, I can have people go to I need to pass calculus.com, sign up for my email list, and then get oh, recurring really free. Yeah? I, I want to take you step by step, but I like, the, I like where you're going with this. What would convince me to sign up to your email list? There. So there's the classic freebie thing. So I would probably make a delicious freebie that would be with all of these um, examples for some of the most challenging math problems in calculus. So there's some word problems that always trip people up. So creating a template or structure for that. And then there's really clean formula sheets you can print out before a test. So I don't know if I should have a bigger freebie with a couple of pieces to it, like a formula sheet and a problem template with some examples, or if I should stick to one. If you needed to just, if you could only give me one thing, but it would be the most helpful thing, what would it be? It would be a two-sided sheet of paper, so a two-page PDF that would just be what you need to hold in your hands the 30 minutes before the exam to cram or review all of the main topics in Calculus 1. I think you just nailed it because that sounds very attractive and delicious, like you said. (laughs) Uh, To me, you could even call it something like a cheat sheet to just really entice people to, I don't know if that aligns with you and your, your brand, but... Um, Okay, I just wanted to make sure that we didn't skip over that step. Okay, now I'm on your email list. Fantastic. I got this two-page PDF, which I love that it's short like that because it's just giving me, you know, a quick way to do this. And I think that's kind of your unique take here is like everything is is just quick, digestible, but delicious at the same time. So (laughs) um, let's let's keep going. I'm on your email list. Uh, Now what happens? And there's going to be an auto sequence of emails with – 
um, linked to topics like some of the most challenging word problems and what those students might be going through at that time. That's one of my hardest things about creating this auto sequence Mm -hmm. is there are general plans throughout the semester like, okay, you're learning limits in early February and derivatives in late February, blah, blah, blah. But not everyone's on that plan. So figuring out how to time that auto sequencer. And there are some people that will join shortly before their exam. So how to help them best. Well, if I was on your email list and perhaps you didn't know where I was, how might you discover where I am in that in that space? And how might you best serve me from there? Um, let's see. I don't understand. So besides the YouTube videos and the podcast, what do you mean find people? Well, what I mean is like after a person is on your email list, there there's a lot of different ways that you can determine, okay, what content uh, might be best for me specifically. So a little bit of personalization, meaning, you know, at least uh, in, in ConvertKit, for example, and many other email service providers can do this. Uh, you could potentially have a initial email that goes out once somebody subscribes. And to provide even more value after this two-page PDF that you send me, you can learn where I'm at in the semester, for example, for perhaps a, a library or at least a list of stuff that would be relevant to me right now. Or, ah, perfect. Or yeah. perhaps the library is broken up into a table of contents such that I'd be much more inclined to go into there to find what I need. Because what I'm worried about is somebody subscribing and you're like, hey, guys, I got all this great content. On the podcast, on the YouTube channel, go find what you need. I'm going to – it's going to be a little like I don't – there's so much stuff here. I don't, I don't know what to, what, to, what to do. But if you were to break it down for me, um, then it would be easy. So there's there's some easy ways to do this. You could say, hey, you know, I know you might be – maybe you're just starting out. Maybe you're you know, mid-semester and you're learning about this or maybe you're, at, you know, you're very close to an exam. Either way, um, you, you could either have each of those link to – a, a specific page on your website, for example, that just would include uh, your YouTube videos or links to specific podcast episodes about just here. Here are here are the things that you need right before you cram for an exam. Or if I'm more in the middle of the semester, for example, um, maybe there's an, an, a, another subset of topics that would live on its own page, so that when I go there, it, you're almost helping me weed out the stuff I don't need right now. And I think that would help me just trust you even more and 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 have have it feel like that even though you're not there personally that you're still tutoring me and teaching me and, and showing me the best things yes perfect i love that and i also feel a lot of times when i join an email list mm-hmm. i might get a little short welcome email but that's when i'm most excited about receiving content and a lot of times you know i wish they would just send me the last two back issue newsletters or something like that so i think that would be a great way to kick people off sending them this welcome email with three buttons they can click depending on where they are in the class and then bam they have an all you can eat buffet that's somewhat customized to where they are. Yeah, I love that. And that way you're still able to serve a greater number of people in a tailored way that's, you know, and obviously tutoring in and of itself, the one-to-one is like the most tailored way to do it. But um, I'm still getting that feeling like you're tutoring me here uh, during this time. Okay, so let's say that <laughs> I am, um, I, I'm, I have an exam next week and I'm like, I need help. And I, I find your stuff and I join your email list I go to this page that just has all this amazing information um, that can help me. Uh, what happens next? How, how, how can I get deeper into to, to your business model there? 
So for some people, that'll be enough and that'll satisfy them. And that's totally fine. Just my free content for other people. Uh, they might want my online product, which will be the emergency cramming product that really holds their hand, guides them through an all-nighter or four hours of intense studying the night before when they realize that it's a little bit too late to get going right now. And here's something that is almost as good as having a local tutor stay up all night with you and tell you exactly what to focus on and what to practice. I love that. Um, When do you or at what point or where do you pitch that to me? Um, probably in all of my YouTube video descriptions and yep, like as annotations at the end so that if people are just, okay, okay, this is great. I'm ready to dive into everything that's available. I'm super desperate. I really want to pass calculus. Then they can click on the links there. Um, on the website in the certain free areas, I can have just little discrete upsells or not upsells, but little links to, okay, if you want to take it a step further, I have this extensive premium handholding thing to take you through the cramming process. I like it. And don't forget the podcast too. I think the podcast at the end of them, you should, um, when you create that, you're going to kind of plan ahead to assume that, you know, a person might want to go deeper and will just want to get things more quickly. So you can almost as if you're sponsoring your own podcasts. Um, that was exactly what I was going to do. Yes, I love it. So this podcast is brought to you by I need to pass calculus.com. And then there's all that free content. And then at the end, I can tell them, okay, go on the website if you'd like more information on L'Hopital's rule or something like that. Yeah, love it. How does that, how does okay. that all sit with you? Okay, it feels so good. I am really excited right now. Okay, very cool. Is there anything else that we haven't discussed yet that's on your mind? Let's see. So for the email list, beyond just that welcome email with the three bubbles, Mm -hmm. then continuing to send them good information is a little bit tricky. I guess I need to make sure to take my opt-in to the next level where I segment my list. Otherwise, I'm going to be stuck with a big jumble of people who maybe clicked on different buttons in that original email, but that isn't really segmenting my right. list. Right, they're kind of just all over. I mean, it's best always to segment uh, so you know where people are at. Um, and different businesses do it in a different uh, in different kinds of ways, and there's definitely... Some super sophisticated tools out there, which I just, which are overwhelming to me, even, and, and I wouldn't recommend those. But there, which email service provider are you using? Right now, Mailchimp. Mailchimp. Okay, I know you can do this in Mailchimp and Aweber, um, but ConvertKit, for example, is built for this, so you might be able to, to find a way to do it. Um, you would, you would want people to when they click one of those things that says like, hey, I, I, like one of those um, categories in that first email. It would essentially take them off of your, what, what let's just call it the main list, and put them into sort of a sub list. Um, that way, you can continue. You can almost write an autoresponder just for those people. So it, it, now you're creating like little branches, right? And and I would mm-hmm. um, just recommend that you don't get super granular with the the breakdowns and super complicated with the emails because it can definitely turn into a spider web of wow. Okay, well now I'm going to separate. The people who are cramming, but the, but they're males and and they're <laughs> freshmen. Um, you know, it could it could get really really messy. 
Um, so yes. if, if you choose to go down that route, I think that would be essentially phase two uh, because you're going to learn a lot from just implementing what we already talked about and perhaps discover some better ways to serve those people as they go along. But um, yeah, if you can like think about how you might be able to segment uh, that audience over time. And, and then let me, let me ask you if I, you know, I'm just loving your stuff. I've, I've purchased, I um, just passed my test and I'm, I'm so thankful. Um, number one, are you doing anything to collect feedback from people like myself who have successfully used your products? Oh, that's a great question. Right now it's done for me through the platform. People write reviews and I can take quotes from that. But I absolutely need to give people a chance and sort of help guide them into giving reviews so I have some good quotes and feedback. How is this actually working? What would you improve? Right. I mean, maybe there'd be a fun way to incorporate, you know, some sort of – I don't know. I'm, I, I'm just riffing here, Lexi. I apologize. But um, for example, if a person you know passes their exam, they take a picture of that grade on their on their paper, and they use this, a hashtag, and then you know that just allows for um, for your brand to get you know shared, and also a way for you to understand who is using your stuff. Like just you know, on like uh, Twitter or Instagram, if if they just give you a shout out or something, then it allows you to follow up with them. To say, hey, by the way, just congratulations on that exam. If you had a moment to just leave me like a, a 30 second, you know, video here that I can use on my page, that'd be awesome. So, you know, when collecting feedback, uh, asking for a person to just do a little bit of work, like, because I did this on a previous podcast episode, I said, hey, guys, if you like this episode, take a photo of yourself, like doing a fist pump in the air. And <laughs> I had like 50 people do that after that episode came out on that on that first day. And then I followed up with them, with a lot of them later, and said, hey, thank you so much for listening to the show, by the way. If you have the opportunity to leave a review on iTunes, that'd be great. And they're more likely to do it because we've had this little mini interaction. Pat, I love that. I love the idea of going to where my clients are, which might be Twitter, not making them go to a form on my website and having a hashtag. I'll definitely give that some thought. So just just some ideas for you. So um, as we finish up here, Alexi, what were the biggest things? Uh, Two-part question, biggest things you learned, and what are your first steps? Biggest thing I learned is that there's this great news that in the podcasting space, you can create a short set of high-quality podcast episodes and then leave it be. Just have it sit there for your audience to pick up, and you can share it with people in the future. And that gives me my action step. I'm less paralyzed. Now I can plan out my 40 or 50 episodes and record those over the course of two weeks and get those up there to help people starting this semester. That sounds perfect. Just make sure that when you set up the podcast and you, you know, in your description or even in that first episode, you put little things in there to let people know that although this was recorded in the past, like this stuff is still very useful. Just because some people are going to be like, okay. oh, there, there hasn't been an episode in a while. And, you know, some people will just assume that, you know, oh, yes. well, it's just not updated. Well, there's a reason why. So just mention, uh, make sure you mention that. And then uh, what are your first steps from here? Okay, so from here, I'm going to plan out my podcast episode so I can have some really productive five episode recording days just back to back, really get in the groove. Then that's going to give nice, um, consistent episodes each time when they listen. Woo. I love it, Alexi. It sounds like you have a plan. All right. 
Thank you so much, Pat. I am so excited to get started. Yeah, I'm excited for you. We'll uh, reconnect later and, and kind of check in on you and see how things go. Okay, perfect. Sounds great. All right, thanks again. Oh, and by the way, what's the website one more time, just in case uh, some people are listening and they have people who they know they need help with calculus? I need to pass calculus.com. <laughs> Love it. Easy to remember. Thanks so much. All right. Thanks, Pat. All right. I hope you enjoyed that coaching call, Alexi. If you're listening to this wonderful job, a lot of big breakthroughs here that I think, especially long term, are going to give you so many hours back, but also so many more results, too, really. And I'm looking forward to following up with you in the near future. And we are actually already, we're at, what are we at? Episode 1012. We're starting to reach out to people who we interviewed and coached uh, you know, a number of months back to see kind of where they're at. And we're definitely going to bring a number of people back to give you an update, sort of like when you watch Shark Tank. And then later on, you see Shark Tank where they go, okay, well, here's what happened since Kevin O'Leary invested in this company. I mean, we're going to do the same thing here. It's going to be a lot of fun. And I'm excited when Alexi comes back and shares some of the results with us later in the future as well. So make sure you subscribe because this is what we're doing here every single week. You can also apply to get coaching at askpat.com. And uh, we got another great episode coming next week. So like I said, make sure you apply now. Thanks again so much for listening in. I appreciate you and I look forward to serving you in the next episode of Ask Pat 2.0. Hey there, thank you for listening to Ask Pat 2.0. Now you might've noticed that we haven't published a new episode in a while. And that is because in 2023, after 1,269 episodes, we decided to sunset the show. For now, at least. And this way, we can focus our energy and efforts on our other podcasts and other projects. That being said, all 1,269 episodes are still live and downloadable. And the published dates may be old, but there are still a ton of questions I've answered on the show and people I've coached. Those episodes are just as valuable as they were back then. So you can also visit smartpassiveincome.com slash askpat to dig through the archives. Plus, there's a search tool on the website that lets you search across our podcasts and blog. And of course, the Smart Passive Income podcast is still live and energetic and awesome and publishing twice a week. So make sure you're subscribed there so we can still continue this conversation. And we have some of the foremost experts and thought leaders in entrepreneurship on the show every single week. So you definitely don't want to miss it. Again, check it out. It's the Smart Passive Income podcast. Just find it wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can find it there as well. Thank you again for listening in and I'll catch you in the next one. Cheers.